And when you get to the point where all you want to do is be successful, as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And I'm here to tell you, number one, that most of you say you want to be successful, but you don't want it bad. You just kind of want it. You don't want it bad and then you want to party. You don't want it as much as you want to be cool. You, most of you don't want success as much as you want to sleep. Some of you lost sleep more than you lost success. And I'm here to tell you today, if you're going to be successful, you've got to be willing to give up sleep. What up, what up, what up? It's your boy King Legend, and this is King Legend Talks. On this episode, we're bringing an up-and-coming R&B artist all the way from Baltimore. Guy that goes by the name of Whole Lives Nigga. Now, let me tell you something. This dude here has a voice that will absolutely blow your mind. And on this episode, we're going to go ahead and let him chop it up with us. He's going to talk to us about what he got going on and his new hit single that he just dropped called It's Complicated. We're going to actually play it right here in the interview, you guys. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get it started. Appreciate all the support, all the love that everyone's been showing to the podcast. 2021, we're going up. It's only up from here, y'all. So just thank you. I just want to say thank you. It's whole live nigga, y'all. We going live. My hey, God, how you doing, man? Yo. Welcome to King Legend Talks. Whole live nigga. What's how good? How you doing? Man? How you doing? Same poop, different scoop, man. I can't complain. So, man, I gotta say, I ran across you um on the gram, and it's been a it's been a lot of stuff you got going on. So we're gonna <laughs> have to get you up here to talk about it, man. Right, so, right, uh, right. for the people that don't know you, go ahead and say who you are, where you from, and what it is you do. I am whole live nigga from Baltimore, Maryland. Be more boy in the building. Uh, I am a R&B singer slash comedian slash. I wrote a movie. Um, I am an editor. I'm writing a book. I got so much stuff going on. I just don't want to die and not unleash all my talents before I'm able to get out of here. I want to be able to leave. I'm a guy that's thinking about what's coming next and wanting to leave a legacy behind you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying for for the next generation be able to show them that no matter where you're from and where you started at that you can really create your own idea of what success is because yeah. success is a mental state mm -hmm. a state of mind you know what i'm saying so um that's really like what my i feel like my purpose is and yeah i think that's like a good Waiter. <laughs> no, that. no, that's a good way to introduce yourself for sure, man. And I gotta say, you, you lit. You just ain't no other way to put it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the energy you bring, especially to the videos and the content that you be posting on your page and stuff like that, is definitely an attention getter. Um, but at the same time, you got a message behind a lot of the stuff that you be doing, especially uh, the voting situation. Um, that that seemed to be like a tour you went on. So yeah. let, let's talk about that real quick. Well, that actually was the uh, that was actually the third tour that we did. Um, that I, that was an independent tour. That was the first one that I did, um, just on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was the third one that um happened for me, just you know, with my friends, industry friends, and you know that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, this one was more of a. Uh, freelance for lack of a better expression freelance type of tour because i was just going wherever the fuck i wanted to go so mm -hmm. basically i really was just um and for most cases i really was just on a road trip and i was just popping up wherever i wanted and yeah. just went and did my thing um a lot of the some of the places maybe about 
30% of the places actually planned it out strategically with me. So I was able to go in and really do some disrespectful shit. And yeah. to the people that were there that were just shopping or whatever, they mm -hmm. didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. But me walking past security was because security was with me. Or, I feel you. Know you. I feel you. So, so certain stuff. It was organized. Bad. Yeah, it was way more organized than what a lot of people actually um, acknowledge. Yeah. And that's the big hocus pocus of the whole thing because <laughs> most in, in a lot of the cases, <clears throat> it was a setup. It wasn't just what people thought that it was. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Um, so it was fun just seeing like how people was reacting and responding to what it was. Um, usually when I'm thinking about voting, that's what made that's what inspired me to do the whole voting thing. Yeah. Usually when I'm thinking about voting, it's always like a born corny process. Nobody really wanna man, It's not it's not really an exciting process. Right. So my whole yeah. purpose was to try and a tip at damn, how can we take the voting process and make it fun for black people to do? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because that was really my purpose was to try and encourage. Not saying I don't have to encourage everybody, but I wanted to encourage my people, my family, mm -hmm. and my friends. And most of my family, friends, and my people are all um, black people, and mm -hmm. they don't give a fuck about going and voting for nothing. Yeah. And, you know, everybody entitled to their, uh, the, the way that they feel or whatever. But I think that there's nothing wrong with a little bit of inspiration. And even if they don't care about it, it's a whole, so much stuff that we do every day on a day-to-day -day basis that we don't give a fuck about, but we still do it. Exactly. So you might as well go take your ass and vote for somebody. Now, I got to say, like I was saying earlier, the energy you bring is everything, man, because it kind of rubs off on people and they get excited about what you got going on. Right, You're just right. seeing people laugh and smiling, especially when, it's a lot of negativity in the world at the moment. You know, I feel like a lot of people actually need that. It's like therapy, you know what I'm saying? Especially with the quarantine going on and right. stuff like that. Um, speaking of that, how did you feel about traveling um, with, with all of the stuff that's going on right now? Traveling? I yeah. am, I am, I am actually not really a big, uh, if you're speaking about like the virus, the coronavirus and everything, I'm not really a big believer in it as much mm -hmm. as everybody else is. Um, and you know, for obvious reasons, I've been all over the country. I've, I've protest, I've marched for George Floyd. I'm talking about I drove across the country to do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not just a sit type type of person. I like moving around and touching people and meeting people and meeting new people and getting around people. And every group of people that I've been around in all of these crazy catastrophic situations, most people ain't have a mask on and most people ain't. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And uh, like even when uh, in Atlanta, George, the whole protest for George Floyd, everybody was at the protest. Nobody yeah. was getting tested, but they were coming out saying, oh, this shit spiked higher. Like, how you do you know? Nobody went to get checked. That don't even make sense. How do you now, now, we're about to have an interesting conversation now because you're telling me from your point of view, and I'm going to tell you from my point of view. Mm -hmm. And this is why it's good to talk about stuff like this because I'm always curious to know what other people are thinking. You know what I'm saying? And so it, like I think for me, it's a good thing to make sure that us, just as as people, not be shy about what we think. It's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with speaking your mind and having an open forum about situations like this. If we don't talk about it, then the government just tell us what to do. Now we're exactly. not living in the land of the free. You know what it's, I'm it's, saying? It's, it's conversations that people fail to have, and that's, all. and that's the reason so much violence and things take place. 
You mm-hmm. know, a lot of things could be prevented if there was just a conversation right. that started it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times people don't, they skip this conversation and go straight to the action on the, how they feel, the emotion, but they forget about the conversation that's needed to have. You know, some things need to be said and not, not everyone's going to like what you say, you know, right. and not, not everyone's going to agree with what you say, but that's part of having a conversation. You know what I'm right. saying? You got to at least establish that dialogue before you can even move to the next level. To the next level, right. You know, um, so like I said, for, for me, now you probably don't know this about me, but I actually almost died from COVID back in March. I was on a ventilator for 12 days. I spent 40 days in the hospital, rehab, bounced back. That's why I started the whole podcast. And it's not about specifically COVID as far as the podcast go, but prior to this, you know, I was a photographer. I was out there doing all my stuff, taking pictures and videos, events and stuff like that. So the COVID kicked my butt. You get what I'm saying? So let me ask you a question. Go ahead. As far as your um as far as your symptoms and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um have you ever had the flu or pneumonia before? Yeah, I have. You have the you had did it feel any different from the flu or pneumonia when you had COVID? Oh yeah. Honestly, it was way a different. different. Way different. You can't compare what, the two. And I can difference? tell you huh? What was the difference for you? The main difference was the just the overwhelm the overwhelming feeling of not knowing what was going on. With a flu, you always felt like, all right, a couple more days, I'm gonna get over this. With COVID, for me, it's not the same. This is why I tell people. COVID-19 is not the same for everybody. There right. are some people that will have it and they will get over it just like a regular fever. You know, it ain't a big deal. It ain't something to be scared about for every single person <laughs> on the planet. Everybody's body res- responds differently. differently. Yeah, so there's a lot of cases where you hear about people who are like, I had COVID, it was nothing. And then there's a lot more cases as well where people be like, I had it. I almost died from it, or I lost my uncle to it, or I lost my cousin to it, you know. So it's different um, by by whoever it is, you know, that has to. And the virus. also, your, your idea of what uh, pain and suffering or whatever could be different from the next person. Exactly. So everyone's pain tolerance is different. It's well. different. Like, like, I got all of this tatted up. People always ask me, did that hurt? Did it hurt? Or whatever? I will sleep. But yeah. somebody else, they got the littlest tattoo on their neck. They got old. You know and they're screaming. Like, it's different. Yeah. Like I've had pneumonia. I had the flu as well. I mm-hmm. don't know if I ever had COVID. But yeah. um I do know that in the beginning of the pandemic, the people that were dying, they weren't giving them autopsies. Mm-hmm. So that alone for the government to not give autopsies when they got all this protective this, that, and the third, that don't add up to me. It sounds like a cover up. I'm not saying that you didn't go through what you went through. Yeah. But I don't think that the numbers are what they are reporting necessarily. I can agree with you on that. And here's what I'll tell you. I feel like there's a lot of things that could have been just merged in under that COVID title because there was so much going on. A lot of the hospitals were overwhelmed. They don't even have hospital beds for a lot of the people that's coming in the hospital. And um, right now they're at the point of not everywhere, but in some places they're having to prioritize people who have COVID versus other people that need to be treated as well. Mm-hmm. Um, with me personally, like I said, it's different for everybody, but I know through my experience with COVID, um, it was, it was life threatening. I ended up with double ammonia 
I had uh, blood clots in my lungs. What the fuck is double pneumonia? <laughs> Basically, ammonia times two. It's it's like Why having. I didn't give a, it to you twice. God damn. It, it, it was it was just ammonia times two. That's the only way I can explain. It. That's what my doctor told me. So. And that's, yeah, that's man, it, it was. I wasn't wishing on my worst enemy. I can tell you that. It's it's like it's it's rumors going around that um that doctors were getting paid to say that it was COVID and to say like during this whole COVID pandemic situation, nobody, you know, every year, thousands of people die from the flu. Mm -hmm. Thousands of people die from pneumonia. Not the year of 2020. Nobody died. Everything mm -hmm. was COVID. The numbers well, I mean, to our knowledge, yeah. To our knowledge. Because so they're calling everything COVID. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that we're not really so hearing added, about they anymore. They added all the numbers from, in my opinion, they added all the numbers from the flu deaths. They added all the numbers from the pneumonia deaths. And they just put them all together and say COVID. Yeah, it's million people died. Like no, some of them died from the flu. Like they die every year. People is gonna die next year. I agree. I agree with you one hundred percent on that. Everything. I, you know I agree with you one hundred percent on that. Um, like, I do. And then I think it was strategically placed, like right here with the whole scandal with the presidency and all of that. Mm -hmm. Nothing. So how how do you feel about about um, COVID nineteen as far as wearing masks? How do you feel about that? I'm not with. I, I think that if you want to wear a mask, you can wear a mask. You can't. You nobody should be able to stop you from wearing what you want to wear. Yeah. Nobody should be able. Because you know that's you. the talk of the town. Was what they they're talking about. You know all this mandatory stuff that's going on. Right. Um, I'm I'm in Virginia right now, and I think they're about to issue another lockdown. Um, coming up soon. That's what they're talking about at the moment. They they take away they taking away the um freedom. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I do think that we are in the making of a, a new world order. I've been, you know, I me. Mean, I be surfing the web and I, you know, pull up information on just so much different stuff. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist. It's just so mm -hmm. much stuff be having valid, valid points, and I'm more of a facts and logical thinker. So some of this stuff is true. I'm not just going to just put all my trust in a government that kidnapped my people and enslaved them. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So yeah, we know I understand. That ain't shit. <laughs> I understand completely. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think that we as um, as U.S. citizens, we put too much trust into our government instead of as a whole doing the research and um, getting the knowledge on our own. Even mm -hmm. with the system that's been built, the system that's been built, we had no parts of it, but we built the system. But we yeah. had no parts of coming up with the rules and regulations or nothing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I believe that a lot of what they do is to keep the system that they created spinning. Because once it stops spinning and we start going in our own direction, yeah. the system is destroyed. So they have to scare us back into place. They have to keep throwing stuff out because the more free we truly mm -hmm. become mentally, the less power that they have over us as a whole. Yeah. You know so I saying? had a deep conversation with a friend of mine who lives in Canada, right? Yeah. And uh, basically, he's on the more of the government conspiracy side of the reason, you know, we have COVID and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to say he don't actually believe COVID exists. So me and him had a little a debate about it because obviously, like I told you, my scoop and my experience with me being right. on the ventilator, it hit different for me, you know, because actually, you ever, I call did, you already it, have, did you already have pre-existing health? Uh, no, nah, I had none of that. None, no pre-existing health issues. I'm the type of person, if you don't know about me, I'm the type of person that can go a whole year and don't even get a headache. So, okay. like, I'm talking, I'm not a, 
a person that's always getting sick or um, yeah, me, I don't take medicine or none of that. Yeah, like that's that's never been me. So for me to even have a fever was already off the norm. You know what I'm right. saying? Because for me, I had a, it started off with it's just a fever, and um, I had it. I had it for 14 days. It never went away. It was like 104 degrees. So naturally, a lot of people don't know this, but when you have a fever, um, your body starts to overheat if it don't mm-hmm. go away, and other bodies. Um, organs and stuff start to shut down. They start shutting down, yeah. Yeah, and so that's what happened with me was probably initiated me getting on the ventilator in the first place. Right. So having that fever that wouldn't break plus COVID on top of that, you know, it's just a snowball effect. Everything else starts to break down. Do you think it's a possibility that you may have run into a situation where COVID was given to you? That I don't know. You, you know, a lot of people saying? ask me that. They always because ask me that. we don't think about where we went, who we came in contact with, because we're not thinking about it like that. Yeah. But remember um, during the riots, they had that guy walking around with the umbrella. Mm-hmm. Remember him? He was he was walking around starting the riots, busting the windows open. The um, they call him the umbrella man. It's yeah. people really out here trying to make fake look real or create the frenzy create chaos i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't be surprised if they had covid in some little lab tube and they could just put it on the counter and shit and you went to mcdonald's and you didn't thanks for the food (laughs) and put your hand on it you never know and this is what i tell people i say look i'm not arguing with nobody when it comes to government conspiracy i'm not arguing with nobody when it comes to what might be the reason covid is here um and i'll tell you why because 2019 I mean, COVID existed, but it, it wasn't, like, in the in the States yet. You know, it was right. other stuff going on. It wasn't, like, a, a global pandemic in 2019. And it wasn't until, like, 2020 when people really started to, like, all right, it's in the United States now. Now we're paying a lot more attention to it. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it didn't exist in 2019. I'm just going to say um, the difference between – the way we were living in 2018, 2019, and 2020 is polar opposites. It's like yeah. how we go from everybody being able to go to the club, party, turn up, have a good time, to now all of a sudden you might just catch COVID for shaking somebody's hand. Like, I don't understand hand. that transition. So I'm the type of person that can sit, sit on the side of the fence and say, yeah, I believe it was created. I don't believe it was just uh, – some accident that just mother nature messed up and now everyone catching COVID. So if it was created, you have to also believe that there were intentions behind the reason it was made. And those intentions were as a conspiracy theorist would say, you know, to decrease the population Mm -hmm. and whatever the case may be, you know, that ain't got nothing to do with the fact that it's real. That's what I tell you. I, I get what you're saying. I understand exactly what you mean. My whole point is a mask not going to stop it. I if mean, it's, it, it's scientific proof, though, that is out there for the mask stopping it. If, not, if, not, if, not stopping it completely. Let's let's rephrase the word because a lot of people still they hear it. With mask on. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot that's of people that hear it, stop it, and think that you're immune to it because you're wearing a mask. No, that's the not what it mask is. Mask thing to me is pointless. I tell you, I tell you what it is. The mask is to prevent the chances of someone's likelihood of catching it. So if you have COVID and you don't know you have it, you know what I'm saying? You could give it to somebody else and now they're feeling they're, they're vulnerable you, to it. 
how could you give it to them if they got a mask on? You, what you mean? You can't give it to them if they don't have a mask on? If the other person has a mask on and I don't have a mask on, how do I give it to you? If you see I don't have a mask on, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't impose your beliefs on me. You feel me? Yeah. So if you see I don't have a mask on and you got a mask on, how can I give it to you without literally like removing your mask and coughing in your face? It's because the mask does not prevent COVID at all. Like it's a and barrier. That, that's, that's all it's I'm a saying. it's a barrier. And that's why we're agreeing on the same thing. I'm not saying the mask stops COVID. That's what I was trying to say before. I'm not saying it stops COVID. It just decreases the likelihood of you actually catching it. Right. You so know, it's, it's almost so like having a filter. On, it's like having a filter. So if you have your mask on or your filter, yeah. you're protected. Yeah. You can't tell the next nigga that he need to protect you. He, that nigga don't know you. Yeah, I, I kind of agree <laughs> with you and I kind of don't at the same time. And I'll it's tell like, you this it's like we want people. It's like we want people to care about other people, right? I get that. We want people to care about the other people for courtesy, right? But niggas is killing each other every day. You really think they give a fuck? Facts. Like, we talking about black men getting killed by the police, black men getting killed by black men, black women getting killed by black men, black men getting killed, kids getting, everybody getting killed, but we talking about care about people. With, and then when we do have the mask, it's people like this with the mask on telling you you can't come in here without your mask on. Exactly. Nigga, that's, you don't have a mask on. You got a chin diaper. That's a chin diaper. You not, it's not. Chin diaper, I like that. I've <laughs> seen people putting people out, kicking people out of businesses while they had their mask down here. You got to have your mask on. You can't come in here. We don't have to service you. Mm. You are, you don't have a mask on. It's, and that's why I say. I agree, with, I, I agree with you. It's absolutely pointless to even have it on your face. If you're going to not if cover just have it down there. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's completely pointless if you're looking at it from that point of view. And then how are you going to enforce that? Because they got still got restaurants open. They still had Black Friday. Yeah. But COVID is so deadly, but you still had Black Friday. That don't add well, up. Well, money make the world go round. Ain't no one going to stop money. Exactly. So the people who's trying to shut the world, they're not trying to shut down their money they're trying to yeah. shut down the little mom and pop stores the mom and pop restaurants all the people that grinded dirt and knuckle and to the bone they can't have no customers at their restaurant yeah but walmart packed the shit on black friday so you mm -hmm. need a playstation that's that but they going out of business so at some point if think about it from a business owner standpoint at some point especially if you built that shit from the bottom and you work completely for you. It's nobody else that can help. You know what I'm saying? It's just you. Yeah. And they are telling you that you cannot let people into your business. And they're taking your money away. And, and that's how people eat. eat. That's how they eat. They shut yeah. down, shutting them down early. There's no clubs, no alcohol being sold. Like the only people making money is really the government, to be honest. And I slick think it might be a whole reason why they're doing that too. Yeah. Maybe it's something about the economy. They don't need no, the government need to make a whole bunch of money right now because they might owe somebody a whole bunch of money or something. Yeah. And I, and I, like I say, I tell people this all the time. I don't disagree with nobody when they talking about government conspiracy, because like I said, I believe it's man-made. You ask right. me, I'm going to tell you, I think it's man-made. Okay. Right. And obviously if it's man-made, it's been made in a laboratory, but it was right. made for a reason. And Absolutely. all of those um, reasons that you just gave, is definitely one of the possibilities that could be, you know, why it happened. You know what let I'm me, saying? So let, 
Let me ask you a question. Go ahead. If you believe that, if you could believe that the government could have been the ones who created it in the lab and put it out into the atmosphere, right? Do you also believe that the government would give you the way to not catch it? If they want you to catch it? I believe they put the government. Because they want niggas to catch it. They ain't going to tell you. They Look, ain't going to tell you how to get rid of it. <laughs> I believe when you can create a virus and it's killing people, there's nothing more important than the cure. The, Whoever the has vaccine, the cure right? for the virus technically run the world. It's, which is the, the vaccine. Yes. And right. also, now this is another topic we're getting into. If they can force people to take this vaccine, because a lot of people don't see it coming, man. Me personally, I think they're gonna it's gonna be some chaos, but I don't wanna talk negative. I wanna speak positive. But let's just be real. If they mandatory that vaccine, if they make it mandatory for people to take it, the chaos that we just had in twenty nineteen ain't gonna be I mean in twenty twenty ain't nothing. gonna be nothing compared not to what's because going you're, on. You're, you're trying to force somebody like my sister. My sister, she took she is a nurse, she took the flu shot. Yeah. Um. Back when he first, well, maybe probably like 10, 12 years now. But whenever it was, you remember when they, when people was taking a flu shot and they was walking backwards and people was dying. My my sister was one of them people who took that vaccine and she yeah. almost died. She was in the hospital for three years. She got, she still got a hole in her neck from the, you know, all the machines and all of that shit. Yeah. So as far as that vaccine should go, that's dead for me. I feel you. But for hey, the I'm there with you, and I had it. I had COVID. <laughs> I'm there with you. I don't want. Earth you know, like, this is what I told you. Um, you take it. I don't, I'm not going to hate on somebody who want to take it, but don't try to force somebody else to. You keep. This is what I told a journalist uh, yesterday that was just talking to me on the interview. Um, I was saying, if there is a vaccine out there, I want to see the politicians and the government officials lead by example and be the ones to take it first. And you got proved that it's really that that's really what they're taking. Exactly. Because I don't trust them. Because you got everyone standing in line for a vaccine and they ain't even took it yet. That looks suspect to me. Exactly. You know um, what I'm saying? It's definitely a lot of questionable stuff going on. You know what I'm saying? And again, the last person or the last thing that I ever trust in this world is a government that enslaved my people. Of course. You know what I'm saying? I know that, that means, as far as you can't trust them. And, right. and um, I hate to sound like this, you know what I'm saying? But it's just the truth. You know right. what I'm saying? The reality of the situation is we pretty much took everything we got as a country. Right. You know, right. And the own, land, everything. everything. Y'all made all the rules. Yeah. And a lot of us feel like the rules was made against us. You know what I'm saying? And it's all good. We learned how to operate and move within their system. Mm -hmm. um, but never trust the system. Yeah. Never. So let's go ahead and transition back into your music. All right. Um, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in hearing about you know, what what got you into singing, man? I, I, I looked up a couple things about you, and uh, I believe you started uh, singing at funerals when you was, like, at the age of four. Yeah, that was, what, that was what I first started doing. My granny, actually, um, the one who got me my first gig or whatever, mm -hmm. and it was me singing at a funeral and shit. And um, what fucked me up was uh, about my first gig was people were crying. I, yeah. I mean, anybody that know me, know me, know me, know me, know me, they know that one of my um, aliases is Crybaby Johnson. That's one okay. of my, I got a tatted, I got a tatted right here. I got a tatted on my, on my thing. And I'm always going, I'm a whole live nigga, but I'll always be Crybaby Johnson. And I'm going to explain 
what Crybaby Johnson is and all of that or whatever. Okay. So my granny, my granny, the one who put me on with um, singing at funerals, um, my first funeral I had sung at, I remember, I remember what I sung and, and everything, you know, Eyes on the Sparrow or whatever. So I start singing it or whatever, and everybody just busts out crying. As you know, now I know now, mm -hmm. what the fuck they supposed to do. Yeah. So um, in the middle of them busting out crying, I start getting a little insecure, like, why the fuck? Like, I'm making people cry. You know what I'm saying? I'm, You're I'm like, crying. am I singing good? Why are they crying? Man, like, <laughs> I sing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody is just going crazy or whatever. And at that time, I didn't really get what it was that was happening. But um, after the, that situation happened, uh, and I told my grandmother, like, you know, and I explained to her, like, I don't know, I don't like doing this. That everybody started crying and da 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 da. And she mm -hmm. was like, she explained to me, she said something like, um, baby, the reason they crying is not because they didn't like what you were doing. They are crying because your voice is heavenly and you are con your voice is connecting them to God mm -hmm. in this moment. You know, they lost somebody and your their your voice is that person that died's soul speaking back to the people to tell them that it's nothing to worry about, that we still love you and everything's going to be okay. You yeah. are the connection between the dead and the living in this moment right here. And the reason that they're crying is because it's so heavenly, it's so real, it's so whatever words you want to you know, yeah. use for that moment. So my, my granny, she used to, um, every time I did it after that, she had kissed me on the side of my head. Um, if you see some of my pictures, I used to get lips cut in my head. I still get them cut in my head sometimes, and I get it painted red. After my mm -hmm. grandmother died, I started doing that. Um, my grandmother died when I was about 11, 12-ish, something like that. And um, before every show, funeral, or whatever, she used to come. She used to kiss me on the side of my head because you know how them old heads be. They be putting little lipstick on. Yeah, yeah. In my hair. You know yep. what I'm saying? And I go out there and I sing my song. Before I go out there, she always used to say, "Go make them cry, baby." Mm -hmm. And that's how "Cry Baby" came. Go make them cry, baby. So it wasn't like me. I'm just a crying ass nigga. It was about me making, having the ability to make others cry. And that name just kind of stuck um, from there, calling me "Cry Baby." Gotcha. You know and so it was about me making people cry when I open my mouth and I start singing. So yeah, from that experience, you kind of became attached with singing. That's kind yeah. of it. Just stuck with you because that emotional attachment. That emotional attachment can be strong. You know what I'm saying? So, Absolutely. so from was, there, let's talk about from your transitioning from being the young you to now. From from how I became a whole live nigga, bro. When I first started, I was really on some trusting shit. Mm hmm. Um, I hadn't experienced, uh, I, did, I grew up without having a father in my life. So a lot of things and a lot of ways that men could treat other men, I wasn't aware of until I got out into the world and they was taking advantage of me. Mm -hmm. And that's what made me become a whole live nigga. You learned through experience. I the shit out of a nigga. Now, yeah. I, now I cut you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like now it's, it's just... Like I'm from I'm from South Baltimore, so I already was in the streets already. Mm -hmm. But when it came to singing, it was like an escape from whatever my reality was. So I didn't yeah. want to bring my reality of what the hood was and the street life was and all of that. I didn't want to bring that over to what I felt like was my escape. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, that's, uh, that makes perfect sense. It's like it therapy for you. It wasn't until people started, until I started being aware that people were taking advantage of me that I started bringing the street shit over to this shit. Mm -hmm. Because now I'm already invested. I'm putting my money in. I'm, I'm investing time. People starting to know who I am. And mm -hmm. you playing dope fiend games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It's, I ran into so many people that said that they could do this and they could do that. And they signed me to contracts. And nigga, I was just in contract for nothing. Yeah. I've been signed to major label and everything. And I've been signed. And nigga, I'm just sitting there. The nigga, so I'm not, gonna, I'm not really a big name dropper uh, type yeah. of person. But let's just say, let me just say, I was signed. I had a deal. They moved me to Atlanta. That's how I'm in Atlanta now. I just never came back after I got to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, they moved me to Atlanta and then told me to go find people to work with. Just like go find people, like go fishing? Wait, so what the fuck did I sign to y'all for if I still got to go? And I'm not saying there's something wrong with networking. Yeah. But the particular A&R that had, um, that was, you know, that had you supposed to have contacts like with who I shouldn't have to go and. That's the whole purpose of being signed. It's the whole you know, purpose of being signed. Yeah, having so, those connections. So you're supposed to bring that, something to the table that I don't currently have. That's right. my end of the bargain for signing. And now that's why I carry this shit. Like a lot of people don't understand like my mindset when I do this shit and why I don't give a fuck about. Cause I just I'm here for the people. Mm -hmm. I don't really give a fuck about the labels and all of the big A and R people, whatever like that. Not saying there's something wrong with them. I'm, 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 I am damaged. You know what I'm saying? So, so, and I, and I don't, I don't mind being damaged. I think that it give me a different type of edge to, mm -hmm. to it, it give me a different type of vibe to not give a fuck about what, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't give a fuck about who. I don't give a fuck with Jay Z, Puff Daddy, Michael Jackson. I don't give a fuck because I know yeah. that each and every one of them has the potential to fuck me, and I'm not taking no dick. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the day, when you do that and you keep that mindset, or what I will say is you're you're able to just be true to self. Because a lot of people they lose themselves in the process of just compromising. You know, right. like I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just do this because I think this is gonna work. But at the end of the day, you like you really don't want to. Mm -hmm. But you kind of take that compromise for that deal, you know what right. I'm saying? And it's and it's like I think the reason that a lot of people take the compromise for the deal is because they scared of the work, and also they might also be a little bit afraid of failure Big and not facts. being able to blame it on the next person. Because if mm -hmm. you're independent and you're doing it on your own, the only reason you fail is because of you. You got to take full responsibility. You got to take full responsibility. But when you sign to somebody else, you can say, oh, they fucked me over. At exactly. Day, at the end of the day, it's still your life. And you still made a decision. And that's the thing that we have to get away from is trying to find somebody else to blame, especially if you're a grown-ass man. When you're a mm -hmm. grown-ass man, you cannot blame nobody else because you're yeah. grown. We don't have the privilege to walk around saying somebody took advantage of us and this, that, and the third. No, you're exactly. a grown-ass man. And you had a decision. You knew so, you should know the risk. You knew you should know the pluses and the, you know what I'm saying, the negatives. Exactly. Something I learned from time. So what advice would you give someone that's talented, but they got a hard time being in the spotlight? Because, like, for example, the tour you just went on, you had to put yourself out there to do that. You know what I'm saying? So if you was a person that was shy or or just ain't used to being around people like that, what would you? What kind of advice would you give someone 
like that that's uh trying to face that fear and overcome i would tell them to link up with me because i teach artist development and that type of shit mm -hmm. um, i'm not like a selfish type of person like i know that what i do is courageous but don't get it fucked up i don't just be just chilling and <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because you never know what the, in this climate that we live in, we don't even know what the fuck going to happen. If somebody yeah. thinks that I'm walking into one of these businesses and I'm hopping up on the counter because I'm about to rob them and they decide to shoot me. Exactly. I was about I, to ask you, do you ever think about that? Oh, I like, think about it every do? time I go into, you know what I'm saying? That type of situation. I think about it literally every time, every time. Mm -hmm. But I also jumped out of an airplane. So just because you're <laughs> afraid, don't mean that you shouldn't do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the reason that uh, white people came to America and conquered and took over like that is because they wasn't afraid to travel across the sea through whatever the fuck weather and no matter, even though we don't like what the fuck they did, mm -hmm. they some brave motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. They brave. I feel like if I could stand on a block and I could sell coke, dope, scramble coke, smack on a block, Knowing that niggas can ride up on me and shoot me, I can sit in the hood and I can roll dice. I got a pocket full of money and niggas can just rob me, nigga. Walking into a store and singing should be a breeze. Should you know be, yup. Ain't no problems. It shouldn't be no problem. So, so, oh, I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Um, my my whole thing is if I could, if I could give anybody any advice, my advice is I I had I actually. My mindset got in this type of way. The whole live nigga shit, all that shit happened very mm, quick like that when I got locked up. When I got locked up, that's when I really was like, fuck this shit because shit wasn't going how they made it seem in the movies and all of that shit. It wasn't yeah, going. So was, it, was that your first time or, or your only time getting locked up? Or? That, was my, that wasn't my first time getting locked up, but that was my first time getting locked up and they really had me for some shit. I got you. Like, I went to trial and everything. They didn't give me no bail. I was in that motherfucker. I was uh -huh. in it. So, so you I, was really I, having to go do it. Yeah, and I'm still a whole live nigga. Niggas know me in my city. So when yeah. I got in there, it was like, oh, shit, the fuck you do? You know what I'm saying? It was, it was my, my niggas. You know what I'm so saying? So what was it about the experience that, that made you snap to this new person? Because I was in there, and, and I'm in there with niggas that, that killed people. Remember, we just in jail. We're not in prison. We yeah. just in jail sitting with everybody. So you mix with everybody. Right. And it's worse in jail because you don't know what the fuck going to happen. So everybody on pins and needles and shit. Yeah. So I'm with my bunk buddy. I didn't know him, but he was a cool ass nigga. Nigga named Corey and shit. Mm. Nigga, the nigga was in jail for murder. He was locked up for murder. He had killed his uh his mother boyfriend. Um, And then the fucked up thing is his mother is the one who snitched on him. Fucked me up. Crazy. Wow. So, and she the one who told him to go do it. It's a whole crazy story, yo. Anyway, man. he he doing um he doing two life sentences now, but he was a cool guy though. So anyway, I knew that I was a whole live nigga, and I did not give a fuck about this. Why I don't care who the fuck is around because I was yeah. in that motherfucker still singing. Yeah. I was in there for a whole. Fuck. I know a lot of people would have been like, man, I ain't about to be singing around all these dudes, man. man I ain't give a fuck because I am who I am. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I am who I am. Like. I can't change who I am. I am who I am. Like, and that's the one thing that people fuck up at when they do get locked up and they get caught up in a the situation. They go trying to be some old other shit that they really not even 
You're not even that. Yeah, everybody can smell when you're being fake. Everybody being phony. They just picked that up ASAP. And that's the, that's the last thing you want to do if you get locked up. The realest, fake. the realest niggas are bold enough to be whoever the fuck they are. It's some real-ass gay niggas in there that tell yeah. you that I'll suck the shit out your dick. But here, chop. I'm telling you. It's crazy. So it's no point of going in there trying to act like you tough, this and that. The toughest niggas in there be fucking with boys. Yeah. So what are you trying to go in there tough, trying to intimidate? It's no point of none of that. Like, it's yeah. really no point. You can you can get killed by anybody. It's gay niggas in the gang. Some of them gay niggas is sucking the straight niggas' dick. Like, it's so much going on that you wouldn't expect. It's fucking out of this world. So me and being in the midst of all that and learning that even some of the people that I'm cool with, some of the people mm -hmm. that I knew from the streets was into some old crazy shit that I never would expect. I'm talking about the thuggest nigga. <laughs> and again, that's how that's why people fuck with me because I've never been like a spill the tea, drop a nigga name. But you, in the back of your head, you know. Yeah, like, but you I know. know. So when I see certain niggas, niggas like, that's my nigga because he don't, he don't run around trying to be messy and all that extra shit. I fuck yeah. with him a long way. He, he, don't, he might not accept me for what I do, but he don't disrespect me. You know, he stay yeah. in the lane and I stay in my motherfucking lane. Like, but I can that. just getting in there and just singing around whoever the fuck. I'm talking, I was standing on the goddamn lunch tables in there singing, bro. I, that's when I was I'm like, I'm talking in the dorm, nigga. I hop up on the table and sing for the whole dorm and shit. We had gates going around so the whole tear could hear me. I had niggas crying on Mother's Day. I'm yeah. singing a song for mama about boys and men. Niggas was in there. I'm telling you, you hear it through the cells. <laughs> you mm -hmm. hear it like when I when 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 that was happening in there, I realized like when I come home, like fuck all that other shit. Fuck trying to get niggas to to sign me, and I'm begging the radio stations this, and I'm not. This radio station played me a few times or whatever, but I've never in my city been in regular rotation ever. I've yeah. never been in regular rotation. I always had to like. Hit up one of my DJ homeboys. He ended up working at the radio station. He was like, man, y'all kind of plugged you in. Like, what the fuck is wrong? Why y'all not playing? So he just worked me in a mix show. And I always loved them niggas for that. My nigga DJ Twist. You know what I'm saying? I got some, some go-to niggas that just look out for me. Fuck the mix. Mm -hmm. it, and it's bigger than that because I know so many people that are in the regular rotation, but they have not figured out a way to monetize any of them. Exactly. So they ain't really ain't making that bag. They're not really making that bag. And this is all I do. So I, I consider myself some type of genius in some ways because I've been doing this shit independent and not uh not working like no nine to five, none of that type of shit for at least nine without having to get a nine to five. Exactly. You know I mean, that's saying? a big deal, man. You know what I'm saying? There's not a lot of people that can say that. Right. about their craft, you know, that that means you're taking it serious. And, um, yeah. and not to downplay anyone that's still working on 9 to 5 grinding. No, 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 no. It's, just, no. it's, just, it's just a different it's level a different of... It's security that's there for you. Yeah, yeah. Like, when you, when you got a job, nigga, you can blow your check and you know you're getting paid again on Friday. Yeah, you ain't doing that when you're doing it on your own. You, no. you're thinking about every dollar. You got to move, you got to move, you got to move how we are... As black people, we really should be moving like this, especially the more money that you have. We yeah. should really be, we shouldn't be spending all our money with them. Mm -hmm. We should be reinvesting that shit back into ourselves 
owe it back into our people. Gotcha. That's something else that we should, you know what I'm saying, that, that we got to have combo on, you know what I mean? <laughs> just We need a platform on to just talk about. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to just speed through these next couple of questions for you. Um, and, and these are more like trivia-based questions. Okay. And, um, but it's about you. Okay. So give me your top five artists of all time. It don't matter what genre, nothing, anything. Top five? Top five. All right, my favorite is James Brown. Um, definitely Michael Jackson. Um, that's hard, bro. And, right, and no specific order, just just five. Okay. Um, damn, it's so many though. But all right, so I got to go with James Brown and Michael Jackson. Then I'll come back. Let me give you. Let me give you a female. All right. So I fuck with Beyonce heavy. A lot of people don't like my opinion about Beyonce, but I think that she's definitely one of the goats. A lot of people, I have like, I've heard people like kind of hating on her or whatever. Shut the fuck up. I ain't trying to hear none of that shit. <laughs> fuck out of here. Um, Beyonce is definitely one of the goats. Um, I fuck with, uh, let me, wait a minute. So I got Beyonce, Michael Jackson. I got um, James Brown. Damn, I want to put Prince in there, but I got Michael Jackson. I want to put both of them in there at the same time. But how can you not have Prince? You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, you got to. Five is hard. So let me go to the rapper then. Let me let me go with uh uh. Of course, you got fuck with Jay because of what he did with his whole entire career, not just about music. It's about the whole thing for me. The body of work. The whole body of work. The music. What he doing behind the scenes and all of that. And then. I got to rock with somebody, um, who's somebody current. All right. Um, oh, there's so many, bro. Let me go with, let me go with SZA, just cause. I love okay. SZA music. So I rock with SZA too. So who's the top three on your playlist at the moment that you listen to every day? You can say yourself too. Aside from myself, I ain't gonna count myself cause I do listen to um, other people. I love Outkast. Mm. I like, um, I like Justin Bieber. Okay. Um, and third, oh, I can't get tired of the Temptations, bro. Okay, hey, Temptations is late. And it's Christmas time right now. In my yeah. Mind. And favorite movie, <laughs> favorite movie growing up. Favorite movie growing up was The Mask. The Mask, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, that's one of my favorite actors, bro. Yeah. That that's that's one of my favorite movies as Somebody, well, man. Jim Carrey just played that role. He said something real dope to me um, one time. I saw him um, interviewing with somebody. He was talking about energy. He was saying that we all are just energy. We're not what we think we are. We just a whole bunch of balls of energy just going around. And the person that makes the most uh, friction or the most noise with his energy takes over all the energy. And just his energy, when he was saying it, it made so much sense because... You know him. He's fucking unpredictable. You don't Big know fact. like what type of energy he's gonna come with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he <laughs> like, he so, just, he just like that man. Yeah. He, you know when someone take over the whole realm, man. Everyone just waiting to hear what they're gonna say next. As a white boy, for black people to laugh at him, you know he good. Oh yeah, most that's, definitely. That's really it. All right, so let's talk about your song. It's complicated. That's mm -hmm. a single you're working on. Is it or yeah, with the whole project? That's the single that I just dropped on all mm -hmm. platforms. It's called It's Complicated. I actually um I actually have a whole project that I'm about to drop. Um, okay. A lot of people are used to hearing me uh sing about, you know, more sexual type of uh 
type of moods or whatever, which I enjoyed, mm. by the way. Um, but I felt like um, the it's complicated song had to come first because of the climate again that we we are in, and I feel like we need to not say not saying it's something wrong with sh you know girls making shaky ass and fucking baby making music, but we gotta yeah. have we gotta talk about something real quick, exactly. and then we can do all of that again. But Fact. we gotta have our serious shit at the same time while we got all the other stuff going on. So um, my listeners, they not really used to me getting on all the way on this type of tip. And this is the first time that they ever heard me on this type of track. Um, when I was putting the album together, I wanted to have more live music sounding beats. Gotcha. So that so that when I go and I do it in front of a band, it sounds exactly the same as what it sounds like on the track. So do you have a um, time slot where you think you're going to be dropping the album soon? Yeah, I'm definitely going to wait until after the new year because I don't know what's about to happen. So I'm definitely mm -hmm. going to wait until after the new year. Um, I got a lot of different things going on right now. So I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a drop this joint just because I didn't want to go the whole entire year without dropping music. That's really... Another reason why I'm dropping it like right now. Okay. I could not let the whole 2020 go and I not have my name on whatever register comes up for 2020 music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 2020 is a historic year. And, and I what about the visuals? We gonna get the some visual visuals? Is definitely, the visual is coming. So I plan on shooting a visual before uh, the end of January. Okay. Because I'm hoping that the, we can make it out of the corona so I can have, you know what I mean, a lot of people come out mm -hmm. and you know what I mean, and support it. So that's really what's kind of fucking everything up is the corona. I feel really. you on that. Well, everyone, I appreciate you for coming through, man, most definitely. Right. I'm about to go ahead, with your permission, go ahead and play It's Complicated. Man, roll that beautiful bean footage. All right, here we go, here we go. <laughs> uh, I mean, I usually don't really be trying to really talk. Yeah, I mean, everybody got a picture, real. Nobody want ready. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. No cap at all, like no cap. So I feel like I'm that nigga. <laughs> yeah. Can't nobody fuck with me on the planet. Fuck you, me. Feel like a throwback jigger. Uh, before him and Dame end up losing balance, it's the rock. <laughs> I feel like Master P. Uh, Cause ain't no limit to what I can be. At the same time, I feel like a catastrophe. <laughs> Caught on, it came a knocking. 
I feel like a kid waiting for Santa Claus to come down the chimney, put the goods in a stocking. I feel like a forgotten king. Surrounded by the killing and poverty like it chose us Froze up, beating the system, that's when we rose up I'ma bring that pain to him, spit it how I wanna spit it Judge gave that book to him, gave that boy another sentence Feeling like I'm Jigga, who I'm feeling like I'm Diddy Kinda fat but I got swag, got me feeling like I'm Biggie Just that soul playing, just that feeling of when your granny cooking You know it's nothing like that old school granny whooping Girls having babies at 12, catching cases at 12 And now she feel like she been burning in hell that shit is crazy Maybe that's the reason she's 12 and had a baby It's, it's complicated, complicated. Yeah. Tell you how I feel Stream that on all platforms. Just put in a whole live nigga. Whole live nigga. The song is called It's Complicated and it's everywhere. And I got more music coming in the new year. So I'm happy that I really am happy that I was able to get that all taken care of and then get it released in the year 2020. You have no yeah. bro, you have no idea the struggle that 2020 has been after being used to what the world really, you know what I mean, previously mm -hmm. was. But I will say that this whole pandemic has been, which is what the name of my project is called, it's, mm. it has been a a catastrophe and a miracle, all rolled to one. Exactly. So, well, look, man, I appreciate you for coming through. I'm definitely going to be... Lock in, bro. Lock in. I'll holler at you later on, bro. Your uh, sound went out, but I'll get at you, bro. All right, man. Y'all take it easy. Thank you for coming through the King Legend Talk. Already. I appreciate you having me. No.
Remember to follow me live on Instagram at KingLegend757. Turn on those post notifications so you don't miss a beat.